Who here is, knows what a black hole is? A couple of people maybe, kind of. It's all right, I'm happy to explain. That's what I'm here for. Uh, first, though, I'm going to start by showing you a picture of a black hole. Be ready for it. Yeah, so a black hole, as an object completely separate from anything else in the universe, um, it's just a concentration of matter. It's actually a very sort of simple concept in a way. It's not that exotic. Um, in fact, the concept has been around uh, in the physics literature since the 18th century. Uh, and it's just, if you get enough matter together and you pack it tightly enough, you get it very, very, very dense, uh, you might get to a point where if you had a rocket or something that was on the surface of that object, there's no way you could escape. Because there is a maximum speed in the universe, and the speed is the speed of light. To escape from Earth, you have to be going something like, I think it's seven miles a second or something, which is fast, but it's nowhere near the speed of light. But you can escape. You can, you can send a rocket to Mars, for example, or you can send Voyager out of the solar system. Uh, if the Earth were a black hole, you'd have to pack it much more densely so that you were closer to the center of mass while you were on the surface, and then you'd have to go faster and faster and faster. Theoretically, you could get that down to a size that's small enough that nothing, that nothing could escape because you'd have to go faster than the speed of light. For that to be the sun, if the sun were a black hole, uh, if it became one tomorrow, which it won't, but if it did, uh, it would be about three kilometers radius, be like eh, Oxford-ish size, uh, the whole sun just packed into that radius, and then it would become a black hole and nothing, light would not escape from it, and we would all die and that would be bad, so thankfully that's not going to happen. But black holes by themselves are kind of boring because nothing escapes from them, right? They can only get bigger, so nothing can, can get out, and that means light can't get out, and so we can't observe them. Well, that's unfortunate, except that actually as things fall into a black hole, things get interesting. You have material spiraling in, and it tends to form a disk of, of, of stuff, gas and dust, and that spirals in, and by friction and other forces, magnetic forces and so forth, it heats up, and then it gives off light. Before it actually falls in, the things that are falling into a black hole can be some of the most luminous objects in the universe. Now, there are two kinds of black holes. It's the same physics, but there are two sizes. There are black holes that are sort of like our sun, that are maybe five or ten times the mass of our sun, and then there are black holes that are in the centers of galaxies. And we call those supermassive black holes. And they can be something like a million up to maybe ten billion times the mass of our sun. And they live in the middle of galaxies, and when the material is falling in, you can see them, not necessarily quite like this. This is a jet from a black hole that's been magnetically collimated into this extremely powerful uh, amount of radiation and matter spewing out into the galaxy. But the key thing is that we think all galaxies have supermassive black holes in them. And there are galaxies of many different kinds. Uh, this is the Hubble tuning fork, which I think someone might, might, I think Becky gave a talk on this earlier on. But the point is that galaxies come in all shapes and sizes, and yet everywhere we look at a galaxy, where we can detect it, we find supermassive black holes. Sometimes because we figure out what's in the middle of them and it, we eliminate everything else and it has to be a black hole. Other times because the black hole's growing, it really depends. But 
so if I take you on a movie tour through the universe where this is a, a walk through the Sloan Digital Sky Survey, every single one of these images is a real image of a galaxy in its place in the sky. There are roughly half a million galaxies in this full thing, which I may not let it run the whole time, but the point is each of these has a supermassive black hole at its center. And one of the key questions that, that I study and that astrophysicists are interested in is how do these things work together? How do black holes and galaxies evolve together? Because strangely enough, the bigger the galaxy, the bigger the black hole, which is a bit weird. If you think about it, like the ant in the center of the local Oxford football pitch being a different size than the ant in the center of Wembley. Somehow they know about each other, why should that be? And yet they do. Somehow they respond to each other, and we don't fully understand why, but we think it has something to do with this, with the way that black holes grow and the way that they feed energy and material back into the galaxies and affect their galaxies somehow. So now this is a simulated image. It's, I think this is actually an artist's conception. And this is an artist's conception of a stellar mass black hole. So a black hole that's the endpoint of stellar evolution, and this is the black hole is on the right, and it's got this accretion disk, so it's, it's accreting material. It's a growing black hole. And on the left is a star that, that's actually having material stripped off of it and to, make, to provide material for, uh, for the black hole to grow. There's also, right, so accretion disks, we like to think of them as these nice, smooth disks because that's easier for physicists when it gets less complicated. But actually, they don't have to look like that. This is now a simulation of an accretion disk around a black hole. And this works for any black hole of any mass, from the stellar mass to the supermassive, millions and billions of times the mass of the sun. It's just a different number in here. But the physics is the same. It's just on a different scale, where you can get these warps in these accretion disks. And so that can maybe affect how things happen in the galaxy, because the direction now changes that it affects the galaxy. Uh, and of course, these things can also give rise to jets, which instead of a simulation, I'll show you that image again. So one of the key things that I study is growing black holes. They're most interesting when they're growing because we can get lots of information from them. The way they grow, how much material is falling in, and how much is getting spewed out. You can tell all kinds of information if you're clever enough. And they come in all of these kinds of galaxies. For example, you might think that mergers collisions of galaxies would be a very interesting way to grow black holes. Because uh, if you collide galaxies together, then things get pretty chaotic and pretty crazy. A material that would normally just be orbiting happily in its galaxy, like we orbit the sun. If the sun became a black hole tomorrow, we wouldn't suddenly fall in, because we'd just stay in the same orbit. The masses wouldn't have changed. You'd have to disrupt us in order to make that happen. The same is true of galaxies. So when galaxies merge, those orbits get disrupted and gas falls toward the center. And this ought to help grow the black hole. And it also would grow the, the galaxy as well, because you'd, you'd form more stars as you were doing that. Uh, and then you'd sort of shut it down as you shut down the black holes growing. Now, Galaxy Zoo, which is a project that I work on, helps us find these kinds of galaxies. We can find the galaxies with growing black holes. And then we can look at their shapes. And we can learn a lot about what their shapes look like. And we can also make some interesting discoveries. Does anyone know what this object is? This is, it has, a, it has a funny name. There was a Galaxy Zoo scientist called Hani, or not scientist, Galaxy Zoo team member like 
volunteer, like one of the thousands of people who signed up in the first few days of the project. And she was classifying this galaxy at the top. And she asked the science team, what is that green thing? And she, she's Dutch. And she said, what is that vorwerp? Uh, does anyone know? Does anyone speak Dutch? No, I pronounced that perfectly. Um, so a vorwerp, as it turns out, is just a thing. It's just a blob. She was just saying, what's this blob of gas? And the scientist said, well, aside from it looking like Kermit the Frog, I don't know. Let's take a look at it. We followed up. We got time on the Hubble Space Telescope. This is a Hubble image of this object. And it turns out to be the dying echo of the black hole in the center of this galaxy. This, the, the black hole in the center of this galaxy is no longer growing, but it was in the past. And during the time that it takes for the light, the energy from the center, from the black hole region, to get from the center of the galaxy to this gas cloud, during that time, we've observed this, this image. So it's like if you could take a picture from, that was exactly during the time from I turn the light switch off over here, but that side of the room is still lit up because the, the light hasn't stopped traveling. If you could take a picture in the middle, it'd be like that. Very rare object, right? But we've gone, gone through and we've actually looked for more objects like this, and I'm in this, this showing there, they look a bit blue, to see if we can find any more of these echoes, these snapshots of this point in time where the black hole has just shut off, but it's still feeding back energy into the galaxy. And here's some examples, and I show these because we've recently got Hubble telescope time on these as well to observe these. And um, these aren't public, and they're not published. I'm not really supposed to show them to you, but if they happen to appear, well, there you are. So these are very interesting. And to me, it goes back to this, this idea that this accretion disk, this nice, smooth accretion disk, may actually not be quite as smooth as we think. Because these are some crazy things going on here. What you're seeing in these Hubble images is just the light that was lit up by the black hole. So we've deliberately taken it in such a way that we're not going to really see most of the galaxy, like the, the normal stars. But what we're going to see is just the light from the black hole. And you can see it's not really kind of a coherent picture, right? There's crazy things going on here. There's what look like maybe twisted loops and, 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 and a sort of teacuppy structure there. And then two columns here, maybe that was from a jet. It's sort of unclear. And how to understand this, we're, we're looking toward to the theorists to ask them what's going on here. So this is a simulation which we may or may not be able to test with some of these objects. This is a simulation of what happens when you crash two galaxies together and you feed the black holes because each of those galaxies has a black hole. And then you end up with black holes that are in the process of merging themselves. And you have two black holes for a time period. And they're orbiting each other. And then there's material feeding onto that. So there's two little points here in this movie. And those are the two black holes. I'm going to start them going. And we can see how they feed. And essentially, what happens is that you get these two things as they spiral in. They're giving off enormous amounts of energy. And the material falling in changes its shape. And you, this is face on, and this is edge on. And you can see this disk warp as it evolves. And what's not shown here is that there may or may not be a jet spewing material out. And that jet might change direction. Right? Over in, in the case of a supermassive black hole, this would be over the case of thousands of years. So hard for us to observe. And then these rings break off because of some viscosity issues in the disk. These rings break off, and they kind of process. And you start to look like that big, huge gyroscope in the movie Contact, you know? The one that Ellie like fell through, that big machine. And then it gets crazy. 
right? You reach a certain point, and things just fall in, and it starts feeding back on itself. And then we start to get shapes and interesting things that look a little bit like some of the extended things, rings and things that we have. But it's, it's unclear so far how these things are related, because this usually isn't on the scale that's going to affect the galaxy. But maybe it has a structure that diffuses out, and we're still working on that. But it turns out that black holes, which are some of the smallest, most compact objects in the universe, are also some of the most powerful and affect every galaxy, including probably our own. Thank you.